0: Hello, and welcome to the Zircona Growth Insights Podcast, bringing clarity to the complexities of consumer behavior. Episodes feature industry experts, partners, and guests across the 26 industries we track, representing nearly $4 trillion in global consumer spending. Our goal is to give you transformative insights and the most complete view of consumer and market opportunities.
1: Hello, and welcome to Zircona's Growth Insights Podcast. I'm your host, Joan Driggs. In this episode, I'm joined by Sally Lyons-Wyatt, Executive Vice President and Practice Leader, Client Insights here at Circana, and IRI's um, valued and so much appreciated partner, Anna Marie Rohrink, President of 210 Analytics, uh, a research company that specializes in food retailing. Anna Marie and Sally, you've just returned from Sweets and Snacks Expo, the most comprehensive candy and snack trade event in North America, it was here in Chicago, Um, And Circana is a sponsor of the most innovative new product awards, where 55 products spanning confectionery and snack across 11 categories are recognized. And this is out of hundreds of products. So the judging panel, I know, includes top retailers and wholesalers across multiple channels. But I'd really like to learn from you. And Sally, let's start with you. Why are these innovative new product awards meaningful to the industry? Like why is Circana a sponsor?
2: Well, first, Joan, thanks for having us. We always love visiting. Um, and as you know, but maybe many don't, innovation is in Circana's blood. The Heritage IRI, we started with the barcode scanner and being able to track products. So innovation is in our blood. It made a lot of sense to partner with NCA and sponsor the innovation awards. And the for not only the reason of it being in our blood as a corporation, but it's also important for the industry to understand what, what seems to be in vogue with consumers. What are they gravitating towards? What do you need to do to infuse new growth in your own portfolio? What do you need to make sure that you're checking the box from what consumers needs might be, whether it's just fun and indulgent or more functional benefits. And so for us, this was incredibly important because it is a a launching pad for providing some new thinking to innovation across retailers and CPGs alike.
1: So those top retailers and wholesalers, the ones judging, they're the ones who are saying, you know what, this is what's going to sell. But Anna Marie, what did you see or what did you observe that kind of gave you a window into consumer behaviors or consumer desires?
0: Uh, well, thanks uh, for having me as well. Uh, Joe and I always uh, very much enjoy our talks. And to quickly hook into what Sally was talking about, the importance of innovation uh, is evident across the entire store. But I would argue even more for candy and snack because both are categories that have childhood favorites where, you know, there's a lot of nostalgia, a lot of emotion relative to certain items and brands, especially during the holidays. But at the same time, because of the fun nature of the product, there's a lot of opportunity to have some fun with innovation. And that is really what pulls in that unexpected, unplanned purchase. So when you look at these two categories, you see 6 to 7% of sales coming from items that were not in distribution the year before. And that is unheard of compared to some of the other categories in the store. So yes, it is an absolute smorgasbord of a lot of good and some bad. (laughs) And Sally and I walk around together um, and and you have to envision there's an, an entire conference room with tables set up, uh, more than 400 items are displayed and they are organized by category, such as chocolate, non chocolate, sweet snacks, salts, salty snacks, et cetera. Um, and the poor judges literally go from trying dried squid to a chocolate turtle right next to it. Um, and so their, uh, their taste buds are definitely stretched. Sally and I have the opportunity to try the items that look exciting to us. <laughs> um, and I would say what was really exciting to me um, this particular year was the level of innovation. It was not so much just line extensions or package changes. It was just a lot of innovation relative to flavors, textures, um, mashup of salt and and sweet uh changing after you eat, eat, were eating the item and and Sally, anything jump out to you?
2: It's funny um when she was talking about the dried squid, there was a big Asian influence this year. There was a lot of whether it was different types of fish options, um, or Asian flavors. Or just Asian favorites. So that influence, that multicultural influence of the US really played well for companies that wanted to come in and just show what they had to offer. And so we saw a lot of interest there. But I will say, probably one of the biggest themes that I'm seeing before Sweets and Snacks, and then it just got amplified at Sweets and Snacks, is around kind of freeze-dried and/or dehydrated fruits and vegetables. So that is really something hot. And you kind of saw it with some of the different winners, even the apple cinnamon chunk nibbles that was the best in show. It has dehydrated um, apples in it. Um, and when you look at True Fru, a multi-award-winning um, uh, fun snack that has won over multiple years. And they're also around the hyper-dried, fresh um. A way in which that they're providing their snacks. So they use it with their fruits. Um, and then they obviously enrobe it with different types of chocolate, whether it's white or dark or milk, but long story short, that theme of the two things that I thought resonated the most to me was Asian. And then this kind of freeze dried and or dehydrated.
0: Yeah, and you know, a really interesting stat on that, I was doing a survey for the Southeast Produce Council last year, and I got intrigued, because to your point, there are a lot of true vegetable and fruit-based items out there. So I was curious whether or not people believe that those types of items help them get to their five-a-day, and whether or not they might now skip buying fresh mushrooms because they can add mushroom powder to their coffee or they can eat their true fruit strawberries and sure enough 80 percent of americans believe that eating these types of items helps them reach their recommended amount of fruit and
1: veg oh no 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 no
0: Okay, so. <laughs> that's
1: like magical thinking, right?
2: <laughs> hey, you know, we all need some of that in our lives, right? If you talk to some of the new um, freeze-drying technologies that are out there, they will tell you what they're doing from a freeze-dried perspective is is able to, pre- quote-unquote, preserve um, the nutrients. So uh, there could be some logic based decisions that those 80% of consumers are are gravitating towards but it's by now means all of the process that's used for all of these i think we have to probably educate which ones really are versus not
1: okay you're being pretty generous there too i mean and and you know what i again i love the idea of preserving the natural goodness of these products but a lot of it is what else is in the package you know these are milk chocolate and dark chocolate together, or, you know, different coatings and stuff. They are, come on, we're talking about sweets and snacks, right? Still, I do love, and I noticed that healthy halo with a lot of these products. So I wondered if that was part of it, you know, that the people are maybe a little bit more conscious about what they're consuming and going for something indulgent, but that they do feel has a little bit more of a health halo.
0: I would agree. I think um a lot of times eating healthier is not necessarily eating the healthiest. And so a lot of times I believe people that start to pay a little bit more attention to their health it is all about making a decision that is a little bit better today than a decision that I made yesterday. But that that would definitely was a big trend and another one, Sally, If I'll be curious to see if you saw that too, was just, um, I thought a lot of call outs uh, relative to the sustainability trend. And I don't mean just uh, environmental sustainability, but really the enhanced and, and larger definition of taking care of community, taking care of the animal, taking care of the entire uh, planet themselves, etc. So I saw a lot of call outs I had not seen before uh, relative to making sure everybody in the supply chain um, is fairly paid, making sure that the chocolate was sourced in a way that did not involve any child labor. Um, certainly even some of the uh, meat snacks, etc., cetera, addressed animal welfare, grass-fed, organic. So a lot of the, the trends that we're seeing in the meat department started to come into those meat snacks um, so I thought sustainability was was definitely another trend that we saw.
2: Yeah, and it's and it is it's important to know which ones seem to be trending. So to your point, fair trade and some others are doing quite well in natural as well as in um the multi-outlet arena. And I definitely see the younger consumers really driving a lot of that. But yet all generations are embracing it at some point in time, right? And I think you're right. I did see a lot of that on the package as well.
1: So really, I I think what's interesting from what I'm hearing from you is there's a lot of interesting stuff on the package that's really helping sell and tell the stories. Do you see that more with sweets and snacks maybe than some of the other categories that you observe or that you're watching across the store?
0: I would say so. And I think one of the benefits that sweets and snacks have is, of course, the fact that they have a decent amount of packaged real estate. If you compare that to a produce or a meat department, people want to see the product. And so you have a tiny label to work with um, or, or maybe a fold out label. You have to get pretty creative. But I would say by and large, I actually saw um front of packages that were cleaned up a little bit, they were a little bit more sophisticated looking, very modern looking. Um, And then the back of the package, that's where a lot of the stories were happening as to tell a little bit more about the person who invented it or the company or what they were trying to do. And I would say another trend that I saw out there that I thought was interesting was really inventing something that people... Clearly had their fingers crossed that it might become the next TikTok trend. Just very outrageous flavors or you start eating it and it's it's sour and then it changes to a completely different flavor. Um, just And then they had a lollipop where you could record your own message. And then as you were eating the lollipop, you can hear the message somehow in your head. Just items that, that, you know, you can tell are not something that you would eat every single day, but are very giftable, are
2: different. Um, so I think people were having some fun with that as well. Yeah, I was going to mention the recordable one because it was people were definitely having fun. And I think so engagement was one of those things. What are the ways that you can keep consumers engaged with your products? I definitely saw the the licensing loud and but loud and strong right? So you saw Twizzler gummies and you know you saw crossovers and hydration and energy. So licensing was something that um, has been strong for the last few years. And I don't really see that letting up anytime soon, especially with metaverse and all that that brings to the table. Um, licensing is alive and well and will be around as a trend for the next few years.
1: You know, in fact, we, um, our new product paysetters is coming out very soon. And we looked at licensing licensing, like globally is about like a $260 billion industry, but half of that is here in the U S and food accounts for about 11% of those licensors or about 6.5 billion. And I did think that that was really, I, that really popped to me too. And I wanted to mention the name of that, um, that lollipop, it's called Tasty Sounds Recordable Lollipop. Because what I noticed when I was just reviewing is that it won in a number of categories, you know, it won in um, like seasonal, or maybe it was novelty. But it, I just thought, you're right, it really is kind of speaking to something completely different.
2: Well, it's all about yeah. engagement, right? If you, this is an, we live in a society that it's all about engagement, whether it's social media, whether that's Zoom, you know, podcast, whether it's, it is all about engagement. And so it was um, a fun and unique spin on doing something unique and different, um, but yet with a tasty treat.
0: Yeah. And I think actually, I, I like that idea of engagement because you're right. Um, we're bringing a whole other sense to the table, right? All of a sudden we've, we've known some retailers that really leverage the smell of barbecue or rotisserie chicken and and kind of entice people to um, engage with that category. And in this particular way, bringing sound to candy is a whole other way to go about it. As a matter of fact, I, I brought one home uh, today as my kid's last day of school, and they both recorded a lollipop with a message to their teacher um, to thank them for, for a wonderful mm-hmm. year. So Again, these are not items that you just eat for the pleasure of having a lollipop. I don't know what they retail for, but bringing that giftable element. uh, We know millennials love personalization, uh, even if they were to buy a a pre-made Easter basket, oftentimes, and you see this at, at companies like Walmart, that they'll hang like little craft letters or something. So you can hook a letter onto a basket and personalize anything that you buy in some kind of way. And so that ability to personalize, bring in one of the other senses that we've never worked with in candy and snack, I think those are great ways to bring innovation to a category.
1: Well, I can tell you that the suggested retail price is $12.99. It's there on the uh, sweets and snacks list. Um, so that to me tells me that it's you know grander than a, an, a card, um, a, a greeting card. But certainly to your point, it delivers a lot more, you know, a multi- multi-sensory.
2: Switching gears a little bit, there were some continuation of themes that we've seen over the past few years that were there. Um, one is around just bold and fun flavors. So we that still was resonating when I walked through. Whether you know it was the use of chili um, and or elderberry, or the use of gingerbread or tahini. Um, we had wing flavored peanuts there you had chili lime there so there was still um the the bold flavors were still popping if you will um also I think another theme that we've started to see as we were going into sweets and snacks and that I saw at sweets and snacks and it 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 kind of is it, sister to the sustainability conversation is about allergy friendly. So we saw some allergy friendly claims. So that had started a bit before, but it definitely um, was on the packages that we saw. And then for several years, we've talked about the smaller size, like bites and thins that was resonant this year. So that was the continuation. Um, and then the last continuation is kind of this, um energy functional benefit, because we saw things like Mentos vitamins, or um, you saw energy and non chocolate. So there was this, this need to continue to find ways for protein and energy and, um, and, and multivitamins in a variety of different foods and beverages that consumers were looking for. And it was alive and well on those tables that we saw at sweets and snacks.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I would, you know, typically you think of the vitamin gummies in the HBC aisle, and I would say that area is really starting to cross over into the candy aisle, where you now see immunity gummies, energy gummies, but really gummies that are meant to taste really good and really be a candy. So not just a delivery vehicle, if you will, for the functional side, but really have an enjoyable uh, gummy candy, but with benefits as well. And I think that definitely comes over from all the functional beverages where the, all that space has absolutely exploded. Um, otherwise, yeah, Sally, I, I really enjoy too, just having completely new brands. And that was some of the things that we looked at from our research where there is such a massive gap between the brand loyalty among boomers um, that truly have their uh, favorites and they want to see innovation coming from their brand as well so it was wonderful to see that the big Hershey's and Mars Etc brought some really fun innovations within their brand lines um, but then if you look at Gen Z they're really looking for uh, maybe sweets and snacks that are popular in other countries or completely new experiences and I would say the market is delivering on all of it right now
1: so not. Yeah telling what generation either of you are. Do you have a particular favorite? And Marie, I want to start with you. Like, was there a, an absolute favorite for you? Um, I, yes,
0: there was. And this goes back to my Dutch roots. This was actually not one that was enrolled in the most innovative new product awards, but we were walking the show floor and I discovered um, this item and it may not be new at all. It was new to me and it was called the, called the Cheese Witch. And it was basically little packages where they made a sandwich out of cheese. So in other words, it was a slice of cheese, maybe some salami, and then another slice of cheese just cut into like a little sandwich shape kind of thing. And I just was thinking about all the applications that that would be wonderful for. Um, and then, yes, coming from Europe, I am a chocolate snob. So I, uh, I also discovered many uh, wonderful new chocolates. Um, I love hazelnut and chocolate. So there was a lot of that. Uh, I remember all the years that I would import anything hazelnut from Europe. I would say the hazelnut is very well established in the U.S. uh, these days. So hard to name just one favorite, really.
1: And you don't have to. We're not limited here. Um, Sally, how about you?
2: I'm going to answer it a little different way because I did bring some samples home to my teenage boys. And there was a sweet tarts rope candy that when... I put it in front of my, one of my sons, he's like, oh, but then when he ran it, he bit into it. he's like, oh my gosh, this is really good. Well, that's a testament, right? That's a, that's a true testament that sweet tarts taking on a different form and, and getting out there and being innovative, what worked in their favor. Um, I'm still a fan of the recordable lollipops. Um, and then the one that I didn't think was going to taste good, but actually did kind of, taste good was around um, kind of some of the licorice options that were there. They had some chocolate covered licorice and some others that actually ended up being pretty tasty.
1: Excellent. Um, Well, ladies, what a fun show um, and what a fun show to actually really immerse yourself in. You know, you went all in and you tried things and I love that. So I just want to recap a couple of the things that I heard from you um, some of the things that were maybe more prevalent were things like, you know, eating healthy or having a healthier halo around some products. It might not be eating the healthiest, but that people are making steps and looking to even indulgence items to bring a little bit um, more goodness into their their diet. Mm-hmm. Things like sustainability. Um, you both kind of agree that it was more around social, rather with some environmental, Um, but a lot of things, you know, that addressed animal welfare, um, fair wages, um, things like that. I love how that you talked about the packaging, you know, that these companies are really making the best use of packaging to present well, but then also tell a really good story. Um, you talked about some of the things that were more ongoing, like the bold and fun flavors like chili flavors or, um even the wing flavored peanuts. I saw lots of flavored peanuts winning, um, allergy friendly claims, more, um, single serve or bite size or thin, um, products. And then some of those functional uh, benefits like energy or vitamins or immunity, um, that I thought were interesting. You talked a little bit about some crossover products and I did notice that with some legacy, um, Brands. We're getting into new flavors. And Sally, you mentioned the Sweethearts Rope, which is a, a perfect example. So I think with that, I want to thank you and encourage people to go to sweetsandsnacks.com to look at the 2023 award winners. And uh, ladies, I will look forward to talking with you again soon.
2: Thanks, okay. John.
1: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Sarcotic Growth Insights podcast so you don't miss an episode. And let us know what you'd like us to cover. We'll serve it up in
0: a future episode. Look for us wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to review Circonic Growth Insights. Want to learn more? Visit us at circonic.com and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.